الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أدعو إلى سبيل ربك بالحكمة والمغيظة الحسنة وجادلهم بالتي هي أحسن إن ربك هو أعلم بمن ضل عن سبيله وهو أعلم بالمهتدين صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected and most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Last, this Sunday that just passed, we had an event here in Bashir Ahmad Masjid where we had uh, leading scholars and reciters of the Qur'an and uh, people with beautiful voices praising the Prophet ﷺ, reciting the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and enlightening us with regards to the Prophet ﷺ's wisdom. And the event was titled, titled The Quintessence of Wisdom. And I explained that the quint- Quintessence means the best example of something, the most perfect example of something. And the Prophet ﷺ was the most complete and perfect example of what wisdom is supposed to be. Now why is it important for us to understand the prophetic wisdom? Why do we need to understand it? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Qur'an, Udu ila sabiri rabbika that when you invite people towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, invite them with wisdom and with gentle preaching, with kind talk, with soft speech. And Mawizat al-Hasana is, uh, is characterized by the ulama of tafsir, by the mufassireen, as you know that, that soft spoken voice that you use, that gentle voice that you use when you talk to your spouse. You know, very kind, very caring, and very soft. That's the kind of voice that you need to be using when you invite people towards Islam. And now when we compare that with the life of the Prophet ﷺ, you know what we see? We see that the Prophet ﷺ didn't shout, he didn't swear, he didn't abuse. The Prophet ﷺ did not raise his voice. Never did the Prophet ﷺ raise his voice. Because if you want to get your point across to someone, you don't need to shout out to them. You, didn't, you, don't, you cannot possibly convey your message across to them if you shout out in anger. The Prophet ﷺ would use words that were concise yet comprehensive in meaning. This is why the, when the Prophet ﷺ states that I was given six things that no other prophet before me and no other nation before me was given. And I mentioned last time that he said, Nusirtu bir ru'ub, that I was blessed or I was given help with ru'ub, with majesty. And the Prophet ﷺ is in Medina, yet the kuffar in Mecca are constantly fearing him, constantly want to know what's happening with him. Another thing that the Prophet ﷺ was blessed with was jawami al-kalam. That the Prophet ﷺ would speak little. He would be very concise but comprehensive in meaning. You know, some of the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ are baffling. They're baffling because they're so short. But they have so much wisdom and meaning behind them. 
Imam uh, An-Nawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, one of the great uh, scholars of hadith. And he records some particular, or he finds some specific hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he states, that if we, if we truly understood these ahadith, we'd complete our iman. One of the ahadith that he mentions, I remember reading is, مِنْ حُسْنِ إِسْلَامِ الْمَرْءِ تَرْكُهُ مَا لَا يَعْنِي That it is from the beauty of a person's Islam that he leaves that which doesn't concern him. Short, concise. Look at the meaning behind it. Comprehensive. It's from the beauty of a person's Islam that he leaves that which doesn't concern him. If we start acting upon these ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know you'd find such a magnificent change come about in your life. And this is how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam preached. This is how the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam delivered his da'wah with wisdom. And you know, wisdom is not something that uh, that is conventional. And the reason why I say that wisdom is not something that is conventional. Is because wisdom includes intelligence, it includes experience, tajriba, it includes insight. Firasa. The Prophet said, Ittaku firasat al mu'min. That beware of the foresight of the believer. That he sees with the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Foresight, insight, perception, fahm, which comes with ilm. Understanding that comes with knowledge. And wisdom is different to mere knowledge. Don't think that wisdom is just knowledge. Some people think that the more knowledge that I get, and knowledge is available at our fingertips now. We open up our iPads and our iPhones, and we look up on Google and all these search engines, and we have knowledge available at our fingertips. And people think the more knowledge that we attained, the more wise that we will get. No. Wisdom is so much more than knowledge. Knowledge is about facts and ideas that you acquire through study, through research, through investigation, observation, experience. Whereas wisdom is the ability to discern and judge which aspects of that knowledge are true, which aspects of that knowledge are right, and which aspects of that knowledge are applicable. In any given situation. That's what wisdom is. That's the difference between wisdom and mere knowledge. But wisdom is not always conventional. It's not always correct. It's not always right. I'll give you an example. Up until the third, third century, this is, uh, you know, you're going back before the Prophet Sallallahu life. And even beyond it, people believed that the earth was flat. And this belief continued recently up until the 17th and 18th centuries. People believed that the earth was flat. Later scientists and philosophers discovered that to be false. But at that time it was conventional wisdom. And it went against wisdom to believe that the earth was anything but flat. Geocentricity was a belief that existed in the past. Geocentricity is a belief that the earth is at the center of the universe. The earth is at the center of everything and everything else, the sun, the moon, the stars and all the planets, everything evolves around the earth. 
The reason why people believed that because it was wise for them to do so. It was accepted wisdom because they looked up at the night sky and what did they see? They saw themselves immovable. The earth to them wasn't moving. We're standing on the earth right now. It doesn't feel like it's moving, does it? And all they saw around them was the sun was moving from here to there. The stars were moving. The, the planets were all moving. And everything was moving around the earth. And then eventually that geocentric model was displaced with the work of Copernicus from, of Galileo and other scientists in the 16th century. But at the time it was wisdom. It was wise for them to believe that. So wisdom is not always correct. Even today... Conventional wisdom states that man evolved from a non-human species. That's what's taught, isn't it? Evolution. And it's wise, people say, for us to believe in, in evolution. It makes sense for us to believe in evolution. However, our faith tells us that that is not so. So we have to understand wisdom in accordance with our iman, in accordance with our Islam. And in order for us to understand what wisdom is, we have two things that the Prophet ﷺ, the most wise creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to us. What did he say before he passed away? I've left behind for you two things. If you hold steadfast to those two things, You'll never be led astray. The Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Even now, we read the Quran, but we don't understand it. We read the Quran, and the beauty of the verses, we don't allow our heart, we don't allow that beauty to seep into our hearts. We just read for the sake of reading. If we read it all. That's if we read it all. With regards to the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we want to give da'wah. Everybody wants to convert people to Islam. Everyone wants to bring people to Islam. But look at the prophetic approach to da'wah of the Prophet ﷺ. There's so many examples that I can give you. The Prophet ﷺ was without doubt the greatest da'i. His example was the most noble, noble example. The Prophet ﷺ was as sadiq and al-Amin. He was the most truthful, most truthful and most trustworthy. For 40 years prior to inviting people towards Islam, the Prophet ﷺ had 40 years of da'wah. And that da'wah was, you know, just look at the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ, the da'wah. He had 40 years of experience of not lying to people. Never deceiving people. Always being trustworthy. So when the Prophet ﷺ spoke, people listened. When the Prophet ﷺ said something, ordered something, people ran to fulfill the order of the Prophet ﷺ. With regards to his akhlaq, Sayyidina Aisha anha states, that his akhlaq, they were like, the Quran, he was a walking, talking version of the Quran. In fact, he himself, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, states that Inna utammima salihan akhlaq. Or in another narration, Inna utammima makarim al akhlaq. That I have been sent to perfect good character. 
Not to show you what good character is. I've sent to perfect it. So you see the perfect manifestation of akhlaq in me and you learn from it. The Quran states with regards to the Prophet and indeed you have a magnificent character, a great moral character. Anas radiallahu ta'ala an states that I spent 10 years in the company of the Prophet and he said, لم يكن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فاهشاً ولا لعاناً ولا سباباً The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't swear at anyone, he never abused anyone, nor did he curse anyone. And it was a custom at the time to do all of those things. To swear, to abuse, to curse. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refrained from doing that. كَانَ يَكُولُ إِنْدَ الْمَعْتَبَةِ مَا لَهُ تَرِبَ جَبِينُ And the only thing that he would say is, when he was upset with someone, or when he wanted to reprimand someone, he wanted to correct someone, he says, what's wrong with, with, with that person? May dust be cast in his face. And this goes to show that the Prophet ﷺ never used abusive language, he never swore. And this is an example for some of our young children here. Not only our young children, us, who swear so regularly in our lives. And now we have people who stand on the, or sit on the mimbar, we have people who are scholars, shouting, swearing, abusing, but people, do you think people are going to be inspired by that? What if the Prophet ﷺ did that? What if he swore to people when he invited them to Islam? Do you think people are going to be inspired by that? No, of course not. You wouldn't be inspired by it. Why do you expect a non-Muslim to be inspired by you? If you lose, use that type of language. You know why? Because Allah tells us in the Quran why people wouldn't be inspired by it. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ Look at, listen to this verse of the Quran. So by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لِنْتَ لَهُمْ You are lenient with them. وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيذَ الْقَلْبِ لَمْ ثَدُّ مِنْ حَوْلِكَ And if you had been rude in speech, and harsh in heart, they would have disbanded from you. They would have run away from you. So pardon them, ask forgiveness for them, and consult them in this matter. And when you have decided, then place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who place their trust in Him. This was the example of the Prophet sallallahu being lenient, being kind. And that's the first thing that we have to understand that we must be gentle. We have to be gentle. Why? Allah subhanahu the Prophet sallallahu states, himself states, Inna Allah rafiqun. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gentle. يُحِبُّ الرِّفْكَ فِي الْأَمْرِ كُلِّهِ And he loves gentleness in all things. The Prophet sallallahu understood that. Therefore, he was gentle. In a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet والسلام, said, said to his wife, Ummul Mu'mineen, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, that, Oh Aisha, show gentleness. Be gentle. Why? 
For if gentleness is found in anything, it beautifies it. And when it is taken out of something, it damages it. Gentleness beautifies you. Be gentle. Smiling, the Prophet ﷺ. Some companions state that we never saw the Prophet ﷺ except that he was smiling. Why are we always wearing a frown on our faces? Why are we showing this tough, rough, gruff image of Islam? <coughs> Again, people look at, look, a person... Muslims, I've said this many times before and I'll say it again. Islam is not judged according to the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet, as much as we would like it to. We want people to read the Qur'an, read this, this, uh, about the Sunnah or the Seerah of the Prophet and then judge Islam. But that doesn't happen. When people want to know about your Prophet, when people want to know about my Prophet, do you know what they do? They look at me and you. We're representations of the Prophet We represent the Prophet And if we're good, or we're kind, we're gentle, then people are going to think that our Prophet is kind, he is gentle. <coughs> They're not going to open up Sahih al-Bukhari to learn about what our Prophet used to say. They're going to look at me and you. That's why it's important for us to understand some of these things. We have to ensure that we apply his teachings in our lives. So people can see the reflection of the prophetic character within us. And that's why it's important for us to, to be perceptive about that. The Prophet ﷺ was perceptive. The Prophet ﷺ, again, wisdom, this is what his wisdom entailed, that he understood what was going on around him. He understood that each and every individual is different. He understood that people have different dreams, different aspirations in life. And he appreciated every single... He, he appreciated the disparity in people's thoughts and dreams. I gave you an example. Uh, I think Imam Ahsan mentioned it once. Uh, he mentioned it. Imam Ahsan Amin who came to visit us on Sunday. And that story is amazing for us to understand. It's just It's very simple. And the Prophet ﷺ said things which were very simple. But if only we understood them. There's a hadith reported uh, by Imam al-Tirmidhi. Uh, and Imam al-Tirmidhi states that a man came to the, the Prophet ﷺ, and I, I, I'm not going to go through the Arabic, it's, it's quite long and there's an extra addition. There's ziyadahs to that hadith as well. There's other shawahid uh, to that hadith as well. That a man came to the masjid very quickly, to the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ, People were getting ready for the prayer. And a man came, he was a Bedouin. And Bedouins are known to be quite rough. Quite rough. Rough around the edges. Uh, quite coarse in that sense. And he came into the masjid. And they're very simple-minded. He was a very simple-minded man. He was very straightforward. So he walked into the masjid and he went to the front. He raised his hands in dua. And the dua that he made very loudly was loud enough for all of the companions in the masjid to hear. He said, Allahumma arhamni wa muhammadan wa la tarhamma'ana ahada. That, oh Allah, have mercy upon me, have mercy upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and don't have mercy upon anybody else. That's the dua that he made. Have mercy upon me, have mercy upon the Prophet, 
Don't have mercy upon anybody else. And that's his tariqah, that's his way of making dua. The Prophet ﷺ is listening. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't rebuke him or reprimand him. The Prophet ﷺ doesn't say to him, what's wrong with you? You know, what kind of dua are you making? Is this a dua that you should be making? Instead, the Prophet ﷺ smiles. He calls him. That, companions come, that companion comes to the Prophet ﷺ, and then the Prophet informs him. He says to him, that, That's it, simple. You're restricting something that is so vast, that is so all-encompassing. The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-encompassing, it's vast. Don't just limit it to me and you. Simple advice. Now, there's another hadith, an, an extra hadith that's reported in, in Ibn Majah, that this, this companion, this was the same companion, who went to one side or one corner of the masjid, and he began to urinate. In the masjid of the Prophet He didn't think that he's doing anything wrong. He finds a corner which is uninhabited and he begins to go to the toilet. The companions are in uproar. Immediately unsheath their swords. How dare this person? This person has to be a, uh, a kafir. This person has to be a mushrik. Desecrating the, the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ tells him, sit down. Let him finish. Let him Finish. After he's completed, after he's done, the Prophet ﷺ calls him. He says to two companions, go there, take two buckets of water and clean it. He doesn't even tell the, 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 the companion himself to go and clean it. He calls him and he gives him some simple advice. He said, إِنَّ هَذَا الْمَسْجِدْ لَا يُبَالُ فِيهِ وَإِنَّمَا بُنِيَ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَلِلصَّلَاةِ These masajid, these houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't urinate in them. They're created or they're built for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for prayer. That's it. Simple advice. That companion himself states, and this, this is, is his, uh, uh, his own testimony, that's Ilayya Abi wa Ummi. He said, Upon may my father and my my mother be sacrificed upon the Prophet. The Prophet did not rebuke me. The Prophet did not swear at me. He just gave me this simple advice. In fact, he rebuked the companions. He said to the companions, he turned who those of them who got very angry. He said to them, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُمْ مُيَسِّرِينَ وَلَمْ تُبْعَثُوا مُعَسِّرِينَ That you've been sent to make things easy for the people, not to make things difficult for them. Imagine and compare, contrast that, if that happened now, in the time that we live in. It's unimaginable, the thoughts that would be going through our minds. 
But this is the example. I'm not lying to you. This is the example of the Prophet ﷺ. Don't make things difficult for people. Make things easy for them. This is a qaida, it seems, in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ would leave practices that he loved just so that they didn't become an obligation upon the Muslims. And they didn't become difficult upon them. The Prophet ﷺ loved to use the miswaq for every single prayer, for every single time that he did wudu. But sometimes he left it. The reason why he left it, he states it himself, that if he continued to use it for every single time he done, or for every single time he made wudu, then we would have to do the same thing. And it might become difficult for us. So he left those things that were pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to make things easy for the people. This is wisdom. This is what being the quintessence of wisdom means. Another example of the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ, he was understanding, he had faham along with his knowledge. He understood that each and every individual is different. The circumstances of each and every person are different. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ, crying, upset. He said, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, I slept with my wife in the month of Ramadan while I was fasting. He said, what can I do now? What's my recompense? What's my kafara? The Prophet ﷺ says to him, that if he was able, or if he had the ability to free a slave, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I don't have the ability to do that. Prophet said, okay, no problem. Can you fast for two consecutive months? Two consecutive months. This is, this is the, the, uh, the recom- recompense for his action. He said, oh Messenger of Allah, I couldn't fast for one month. How am I going to fast for two months, 60 days consecutively? If you break your fast in between, or if you miss one fast, your 60 days resets. And you have to start again. See, Ya Rasulullah, I couldn't fast for 30, I'm going to fast for 60. Prophet said, okay. He said, ya, he said to him, can you feed 60 poor people? Said, oh, Messenger of Allah, how can I feed 60 poor, 60 poor people? I'm unable to do that, I don't have the finances. Prophet said, okay, no problem. He stayed quiet. He said to him, sit down. A short while later, a man came. And he gifted the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with with a with a basket of dates. The Prophet takes those dates and he gives them to that man. He said, "Now take these dates and feed sixty poor people." The Prophet, that man, turned to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said, "O Messenger of Allah, by Allah, I swear by Allah that there is nobody in the city of Medina who is more poor than me." There's nobody in the city of Medina who needs charity more than me. The Prophet ﷺ smiles, his beautiful smile that was enough to melt the hearts of the people. The Prophet ﷺ said, take it and give it to your family. That's the understanding, the faham of the Prophet ﷺ. But yet, he did use firmness when, he was, when appropriate. You know, we have our children here. That doesn't mean that we always be lenient and we're never firm with them. You have to use firmness when appropriate. He understood when he needed to be firm. He understood when he needed to be soft. This was the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ. Imam Ahsan Amin mentioned that time the Prophet ﷺ, that once a man was sitting 
The Prophet this is in fact at the conquest of Makkah, this, this event took place. The Prophet والسلام, was sitting on a camel, on, a ca- on the camel next to him was his cousin, Al-Fadl ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. The first cousin of the Prophet وسلم, he was sitting on the camel next to him. Now, at the conquest of Makkah, people were flocking towards the Prophet either to accept Islam or to ask him some questions, naturally. A group came to the Prophet وسلم, and at the head of this group was a woman that the, the Makhireen, the uh, historian state that she was a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman came to the Prophet وسلم, to ask him some questions. Prophet sitting on the camel, Fadl ibn Abbas is sitting on the camel next to him. Now Fadl is enamored by her beauty. Fadl is looking at her face, he's awestruck. It's a normal human emotion. He's awestruck by her beauty and he can't turn his, his, his face. It's like he's transfixed by the beauty of this woman. The Prophet wasallam notices it. Now Fadl is staring at her. He's transfixed by her beauty. He doesn't turn to Fadl and say, Fadl, what's wrong with you? Lower your gaze. Have some sharam. Have some haya. Have some modesty. He doesn't say that to him. <coughs> Prophet didn't say to him, Fadl, if anybody else did that, it was wrong. But you being from the family of the Prophet, Fadl was from the family of the Prophet Being from my family, to do something like this, what's wrong with you? But if he did that, Fadl would have become embarrassed. He would have been hurt. So the Prophet did something simple. While he's talking and he's replying to that woman's question, the Prophet just takes his hand gently, places it on the cheek of Fadl and turns it in the other direction. That's it. That was enough for Fadl to understand that what he was doing is wrong. Immediately he placed his gaze upon the ground. He understood that I was doing something wrong there. Simple. Didn't have to say anything. Ishara was enough. An indication was enough. Just takes his cheek and places it in the other direction. That's the wisdom of the Prophet That's something that we need to understand. We have our children here today. And this is going to be my message to you as parents. Be kind-hearted, be merciful to your children. If you're going to be strict with them now, and I, you, you have to use firmness. I'm not talking about that type of strictness. I'm, I'm saying that when you don't allow your children, sometimes they're going to make mistakes. We made mistakes when we were children. We all make mistakes. Be lenient with them. Understand them. Be wise in your approach when dealing with them. Don't push them away. Don't do that now. If you push them away when they are younger, then when they get older, they'll never, never listen to you. Use the example of the Prophet ﷺ. Spare people's dignity. The Prophet ﷺ spared people's dignity. Be empathetic of people's emotions. Understand that even children have emotions. Don't dismiss their feelings. The Prophet never did that. And I'll give you examples of that next week, inshallah. Uh, now we don't have the time. Uh, I pray sincerely that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants me and you the opportunity to congregate in His house to worship Him continually. Uh, I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us all the opportunity to 
continue to keep the masajid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inhabited with his dhikr, with his remembrance. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, guide me and you to the wisdom of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make us understand the wisdom of the Prophet alayhi salatu wa sallam, wa akhirul ta'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbin alameen.